And thank you so much for joining us again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast, episode number 33. I am your host, The Grey Knight. And today, let's get right on into things with an excerpt. It's from the novel Bang by artist E.K. Blair. And I think you're going to enjoy it very, very much. With my husband on his way to the airport to spend the next two weeks on the other side of the world, I get my game face on and head back to Declan, who's still in the dining room. What was that about? He questions when I walk back in and sit down, just saying goodbye. Are you sad? Shifting in my seat, I say, can we not talk about this? Declan doesn't push his questions anymore, staying quiet for the most part, aside from safe chit-chat as we finish our meal. We discuss the catering and visit with Marco for a while, and after I hire him to cater the party, we open a bottle of wine while we spend a lengthy amount of time selecting the menu offerings. Once business is handled and the foods are selected, Marco excuses himself, and I follow Declan to the lobby to have my valet pull the car around. Oh no, I breathe as I look out front. How long were we talking with Marco? It's a whiteout, with snow falling hard and already piling high, making it impossible for me to leave. A few hours, Declan responds. You can't drive in this, Nina. No, I know, I say, and then shake my head, adding, It's just, I told Bennett I would leave before the storm hit. We lost track of time. Nobody's fault. You can stay here. I don't have anything with me, I say, and Declan lets out a quiet laugh. What? Nina, you're standing in one of the most exclusive hotels in the city. I'll get you whatever you need. Anything? Smiling at me, he says, come on. As he leads me back to his office, he then gets on the phone telling whoever is on the other end to prepare a penthouse suite with all the amenities and to bring him the key. When he hangs up, I tell him, you didn't have to do that. I don't need the penthouse. You'll be next to me. This way you won't be tempted to sneak out and play in the elevators. He jokes, as if I'm some teenager. Next to you? I question. I occupy one of the penthouses. You live here? No, he replies. I have a loft in River North, but I house a room here as well for when I'm too tired to drive home, or in this case, get stuck in a blizzard. River North? I would have thought you lived here, in the loop. Too pretentious for me. No offense. Says the man who drives a pretentious car. I tease with a smile, and suddenly, all the tension and frustration from earlier seems to let up as we lightly poke fun at each other. Well, I can't argue the car, but it's nice to leave the loop at the end of the day and escape to a place that's a bit more low-key. He says this, and I think back to the breakfast dinner he took me to the other week. Declan definitely looks the part and has the name that follows, but I wonder how much of it really is him. River North is full of wealth these days, but he's right. 
it's not pretentious. After a while, when one of the staff delivers my room key, I follow Declan as he shows me to my room. Only two suites occupy the top room, which is only accessible by the occupants, Declan and myself. This is you, he says as he walks me over to the left side of the elevator banks. Thank you. I'm on the other side, he tells me. So if you need anything. I'll be fine, I assure. Dinner later? I'm pretty full from Marco's meal, I say. I think I'll make it an early night. As I turn to unlock the door, he adds, Like I said, if you need anything, let me know. Night, Declan, I say, and then walk into the room, letting the door shut behind me. Looking around, the walls are solid floor-to-ceiling windows, showcasing the twinkling lights of the city that's now covered in a blanket of snow. The space is large, with an open-concept living room, dining room, and kitchen, all of which are furnished in sleek upholstery and rich leather. I note the fireplace that is situated in a smaller sitting area that's set off from the rest of the room in a sunken section a couple of steps down. I make my way into the bedroom that's lined with the same panoramic windows. I lay my coat and purse down on the plush white linens and go into the bathroom. I laugh at the extremities Declan's staff went to when I see every toiletry you could ever possibly need, plus a two-piece set of pajamas folded inside a shopping bag from Rosalind Boutique. Picking them up, I note the designer. The length that this hotel went to is no doubt a simple favor to myself. Lotus is known for exclusivity and privacy for its patrons. Not anyone can just walk in and book a room. After settling in, changing into the pajamas and making a cup of hot tea, I sit on the floor with my legs crossed, knees pressed against the cold window as I watch the snow fall down on the city below. I think about how to use this night to my advantage with Declan. I know I should find my way to his room and start to go through a variety of reasons for why I would go knocking on his door. Time passes as I get lost in thought, and when I look over to the clock sitting on one of the end tables, it reads 10.23 p.m. Setting my mug on the floor beside me, my mind drifts to Pike, and I can't help the guilt that passes through as I think about him in that cold, dilapidated trailer while I'm sitting on top of the city. The click of the door steers me away from Pike, and when I look over my shoulder, I see Declan. What are you doing on the floor in the dark? He asks as he walks across the large living room towards me. Do you make a habit of breaking into your guests' hotel rooms? With a grin, he says, Technically, I didn't break in. He holds up a key card before dropping it on the coffee table when he walks past it. You could have knocked. He steps next to me as I sit on the floor, and I have to tilt my head way back just to look at him. He stands with his hands in the pockets of his slacks as he looks out the window. I love the snow, he murmurs, and without thinking, I agree. I do too. He looks down at me, his face shadowed in the darkened room.
Are you okay? He asks, concerned for some reason. Why? Because I come to check on you, and you're on the floor, pressed up against the window without a single light on. Seems sad. I turn my attention back to the city below when I respond. I like watching the snowfall. He sits down next to me, his knees touching mine. I allow a few moments of silence to pass before saying, Thank you. For? The room. I tell him. It's beautiful. It's just a room, Nina, he says, downplaying the scale of his hotel as he keeps his focus on the snow. Lotus, I say, acknowledging the name of the hotel. Interesting choice. Why Lotus? There's something about a beautiful, nearly flawless flower emerging from muddled waters. Hmm. I pause before stating, self-reflection, inferring that the meaning strikes a chord with himself. Tilting his head back to look at me, his breath feathering my cheek, he says, Is this you trying to dissect me? Is there something lying beneath that I should be looking for? Everyone has something beneath that they're hiding. He peers into me. At least, that's what he wants me to believe, but I'm not permeable. I soften anyway, giving him the sense that he's actually having an effect on me. I blink a few times and shift myself, cueing him that I'm nervous. And then he asks, So what is it? Tell me what you think you found. Taking in a deep breath, I release it with my theory. You have a distaste for the business that owns your name. He doesn't move, and I add, or maybe your distaste is for your father? Interesting. Why bring him up? I smile and say, come on, we've both met the man. He's a bastard. You said it yourself the other day. Declan laughs under his breath, saying, You're not delicate with words, are you? Did I give you the impression that I'm delicate? With a soft hum, he gives me an inquisitive look, and then asks, What about your father? He catches me slightly off guard, a pinprick in one of the soft spots that I've never been able to harden. You want to know my weakness? Well... There it is. I miss my father. Shifting the focus, I redirect, saying, We're not talking about me, remember? Of course. Do you even get along with him? As well as anyone else does, he answers. That's a very political answer. With his hand, he brushes my cheek slightly as he takes a lock of my hair and tucks it behind my ear, saying, Whether or not you're in politics, everything is political. We all save face for others to perceive us in the best light. Nothing is real until you break down the walls and reveal the ugliness. Ugliness? I repeat as I look at him. The truest part of a person is always the ugliest. And with your evasiveness, I would bet that you're pretty damn ugly beneath all that gloss. 
He keeps a straight face as he says this, and the truth behind the words irritates me. I know I'm ugly. Uglier than most. I'm tarnished and decrepit. But I'll be damned if I ever let him or anyone else see the wretched heart that beats inside of me. You're an asshole. I bite. Baby, I've been called a lot worse. So if you're trying to offend me, you'll have to do better than that. With a glare, I say, I don't get you and your insults. I thought you wanted to be my friend. He moves in closer to me, and with a low voice murmurs, I don't want to be your friend, Nina. Taking a hard swallow, I feign nervousness, whispering, You should go. As he continues to move himself toward me, and then over me, force me to lie back on the floor with both his hands braced on either side of me. Declan, this is wrong, I breathe. Why? You know why. Tell me you love your husband. His voice taunting, I love my husband. Tell me you don't want me, he says, eyes pinned to mine. I don't want you. My breathing increases and grows heavy when he lowers himself onto his elbow and starts running his one hand down the center of my sternum between my breasts, adding quietly, Tell me, you're not lying to me. I'm not lying to you. Then, with his legs intertwined with mine, he slips his hand down my pants, under my panties, parting the lips of my pussy, and dragging his finger through my heat. He smiles cagily down at me when he feels how wet I am, and then quickly removes his hand, bringing it to my lips and shoving his finger into my mouth, telling me, Taste your lies, Nina. His breath bathes me with his words, and I give in, allowing my tongue for a brief and noticeable moment to wrap around his finger, giving him the obedience I know he craves. But inside, I'm mortified and disgusted. I hate that my body would react this way, growing wet for this man, pulling away and jerking my head to the side. I don't look at him, but soon feel his nose gliding across my exposed neck, hearing him inhale my scent. Declan? Hmm? I roll my head back and look straight at him. Get the fuck off me. When he doesn't move right away, I fist my hands and flip the switch on him, weakly slamming them against his chest, allowing the look of guilt to wash over my face. Get off of me, Declan. He moves back and sits on his heels as I rise off of my back and scoot away from him, muttering, Please, just go. Just leave me alone, Nina. You can't do this to me. I'm not that person. He reaches out for me, saying, with apology in his voice, I don't want to upset you. You 
just make it hard for me to control myself when I'm around you. Why are you doing this? Because I like you. Because I know you're not happy. I can see you hiding, and I don't want you to do that around me. I'm not hiding, I affirm sternly. Okay, then. He releases in frustration. You want me to accept that when we both know it's a lie. I'm not hiding, I repeat. And with that, he stands and walks away and out the door. Fucking Christ. A part of me wants to squeal in victory, knowing I've got this guy by the balls. And the other part feels like it needs a drink because he's so goddamn deluged with intensity. I've come across a few guys in the past year, but none have shown this level of interest. They all fizzled before anything could ever get started. So the elation that I feel with Declan gives me the power I need to move forward. And I hope you enjoyed that excerpt. Once again, that was chapter 10 of E.K. Blair's Bang. And it is always nice to read when a female protagonist has some guts, has a little bit of self-worth going on uh, alongside those demons. So it was quite a fun read for me. Up next, another piece of prose, this time written by yours truly. It's all about putting my cock in your mouth. It's a first-person piece as well, and it goes by the title Basque. You must worship this cock tonight. When you kneel before it, when it is shoved in your throat, it must become your world. I did not spend so much time making you mine, training you from nothing to have you struggle with this. You give excellent head, but that is not what this is about. But since you seem to be struggling with the distinction between a wonderful, deep experience and getting some guy off, you're going to have to be taught. My cock is a gift, and you are lucky to receive it. To feel my hands on your shoulders, guiding you down with a gentle push. Look me in the eyes. Always in the eyes, unless I tell you not to. I want to see them sparkle, shudder, and tear up. I want to use your eyes to tell me everything I need to know while having this power over you. When two people know each other as well as we do, a look will say everything that needs to be said. Put your hands on my jeans and slide them across my legs, my thighs. I know you're a greedy little slut for the main course, and I'm eager to feed you. But this is an exercise in patience. Do you understand that? Do you know the power you hold at this moment as you are on your knees? Don't waste it ever again. Rake your fingers over my denim-covered thighs. Press your palms into my thighs. Brush 
your hands up and down and tease me in ways I cannot readily anticipate. And just when I think I can't take it anymore, undo the fly and pull the zipper down. And unwrap your gift. Inhale. Breathe in that scent that only I offer as you pry the pants off me. Do it quickly, because this is where I have to strain not to grab your hair. The sudden realization that this is happening is reinforced by the cold air hitting me and the eagerness of confined movements. So bring the jeans to my ankles and, because you know it is exquisite torture, take your time with my skin. Yes, I'm well aware that I just told you to hurry up, but that's all impulse. And for some other time, tonight, tease me. Stroke the inside of my thighs before raking your fingers up and down them. Tug meaningfully on my underwear before planting a hot kiss on my cock through the fabric. Let me feel your lips and breath. Go ahead. Give my ass a little squeeze as you moan. Let me know you want it. Suck on it. Run your fingers through the elastic band and my flesh. You can do what you want here, as long as it's enthusiastic. Dig those fingers into my ass or give it a little spank. Rip my boxers off so quickly I can't withhold the moan. Fake me out and tug them down half an inch before stopping, teasing me again. You just have to put everything you have into it. This is the ego-stroking portion of tonight's activity, before we get to the main course. Whatever I know about you, whatever complications arise, every fear and issue I have, they all vanish in a puff of smoke when you do this. No pressure. Now stop teasing me. Let me kick out of the shackles around my feet so you may worship. Move your hands in unpredictable patterns over my chest, my back, my ass. Show me you love the whole of me as you bring your mouth in closer and closer. Let me feel the breath right on me. Make me shudder and gasp. I know you want me in your mouth, and I appreciate the patience you've exhibited tonight, but my body is an orchestra. Play it, and force me to make music for you. Bring down my stoic shield in this moment as you take absolute power away from me with one gentle kiss to my pelvis. Give it a little nibble. Now give me a bite, wherever you please. Use that mouth. It's still not time for the feast, but that shouldn't stop you from biting me, shaving me with your teeth. I want kisses and licks all over the front lower half of my body. Move rapidly and decisively. Move just like I do, when I'm forcing you down for a harsh fuck, without hesitation or mercy. 
when you feel my hands on the back of your head or running through your hair. Keep going. I'm not steering the ship just yet. After all, if I really just wanted to take your throat, I'd have made that known. Now keep up the interest, the little teases, the loving pressure. Stroke that ego slut. No hands between your thighs. Not tonight. Keep them on me. Keep the focus as you look me in the eyes and make little circles around me, kissing and stroking as you go. Do you see it? Do you see my cock throbbing as I grit my teeth and lock my lower jaw? It's because you're driving me crazier than I anticipated. You're showing me how much you want me. Now, suck. Open your mouth and take in just the tip of it. Suck hard. Harder than you ever have before. Inhale to the deepest parts of your diaphragm and tighten those lips around the tip of me. You have no idea how much this hurts, how good it feels, and how it makes me present here in the moment with you. After all the teasing and everything else that made me feel like a god, you're now the only thing in my world. I couldn't tell you the time or the day of the week, and if you did it right, I wouldn't even remember your name. Feel my hands tighten through your hair. No, I'm not going to shove myself down your throat. Not yet, anyway. I'm just losing my ability to sit here and take it. This is a good sign. Start slurping my cock down your mouth with little puffs on your lips. Let me climb into you at your own pace as you drink me down your throat. Stop when it feels comfortable and give me a little lick. Bring your hands up and tickle my balls or take your fingers and jab them like little knives into my ass. I warn you, though, you should only do that if you want me to shove a few inches into you at once. Start bobbing. Show me that you want to please me above anything else. Keep that neck stiff and strong as you move back and forth over my cock, mouth open wide, throat opening up. I don't really care if you can fit the whole of me easily down. Give it a little effort. You don't need to gag for me. Just strain as you work me. Fidget with those motions until you're taking as much of me down as you can. Look me in the eyes as you do. Show me that you love it. You're the most beautiful woman in the world to me. Sometimes I wonder how I can do anything but tell you as much while kissing your cheek. Some days I just want to worship you, but right at this moment you're the creature who is dedicated to sucking this hard cock, so keep eye contact. Stay focused. Stay focused on my blue eyes no matter the cost. I want to see that face and your eyes as I slide in and out.
Rock me harder. Push me over the edge with your hunger. Do whatever you have to, because I'm close now. Fuck me with your mouth, your lips, your tongue. Watch the sweat drip off my chest as my eyes focus on you with unmitigated desire. You are my toy. You are my goddess. Now take some pleasure as I tilt my head back and give you my gift. Three waves of hot cum as they shoot out of me. I want you to swallow it all, and you know the punishment if you do not. It must not be easy at the moment as I'm shouting your name, insults, and anything else that comes to the tip of my tongue. My cock continues to spasm inside your mouth, twitching rapidly as your reward spews out. Oh, my hands are on the back of your head, and it's not just for comfort now. I push you down as I push my hips forward. I need you to keep drinking even as I struggle to remain standing. But this night of worship isn't over yet. So I keep my fingers clenched through your hair as I begin to pull you toward me, up and down, close enough to the base that you let out a little squeal. Can you feel how much you serve me, how much I need you, not even being allowed a moment of relief or fresh air before you're on to your next blowjob? You need some respite, so I pull out once I'm cleaned off. I demand you stick out your tongue and show me you took it all down your throat. Be a good girl and show off that clean tongue before you smile. I want you to enjoy it as much as I did, and as soon as you do, I have to pick you up with a strong pull and bring you to your feet so I can kiss you on the lips. Wrestle with me, push and pull. Let's bite each other's flesh. I want you to feel my cock grow again and press against you just from that moment of kissing and stroking. No, you don't have to be a slut or a toy or an object to make me want you. I can get aroused by you just from your lips. It's the woman, not the actions, that make me this hot and hard. Later on, I'll tell you that it's your face and words that do this to me. When it's all over, and we are close in the Bible black of night. But for now, now I'm just going to wrap my hand around yours and squeeze, bring you up in the air until you lift your legs around me. I'm going to carry you back to bed, kissing you as we go, biting you on the neck and digging my nails into your panties. When we get to the edge, I toss you down, and hope for a little scream or shriek. Can you blame me? It makes a man feel like a man, like the monster who has you. But I'm not jumping atop you. Tonight is about worship of my cock, as I told you before. 
you need to show just how much you love it in a very different way. So don't struggle too much when I spin you around and tilt your head over the side of the mattress and demand you open your mouth. Play with your nipples for me. I don't care if it's through the shirt and bra or if they're naked. I want them tweaked and pinched as soon as you're ready for me to push into your mouth. I push my head against your lips and I wait for you to press them against me as a kiss. Suck me. Open your mouth and stroke your tongue over me. Open wide. Open wide so I can shove into you as hard as I can. I know you can take it all, my darling, but I love how you struggle a little bit at the start, like it's just too much for you to handle right before you do. Brush your cheeks against my hands when I put them against you. I want to feel the warmth, and I love the connection of my palms on your face. Be a good little slut now, and lay still. Feel my cock pulse and push down on you. Let the whole of it fill your throat. Wrap around it and brace yourself for thrust after thrust after thrust. We just finished, and you're going to need to prove how much you want to push me over the edge. But your face can't hold my weight, so I have to shift my hands to your hips. Yeah, I'm going to bend you over and push even harder. Now, I'm going to fuck you in and out like it's missionary on a hard surface with your legs tethered open. No restraints, no limits, and caring about nothing but my pleasure. Can you even taste my precum so soon after swallowing? Can you concentrate on the way I taste it all when I am nothing but grunts and screams and sweat? Nothing but my cock invading your mouth over and over again. It's only when you tighten your throat for the last time that your hands find my hips and guide me to shunt into you faster with shorter strokes so you can tickle and please the tip of my cock beyond anything I can resist and I feel it building up again. I pull out and come all over your beautiful face with a growl so deep that it's only the monster that you bring out of me screaming, crying out. Later, when you've rested your head against my chest long enough and I've played with your damp hair, I promise that tomorrow will be a night of devotion for you. In the darkness, I only know you're smiling because of the muscles in your face tensing against my skin. And I question, as I do from time to time, how I got so lucky to find you. And that should just about do it for the episode. I hope you had a good time. Uh, scheduling note. So you're going to hear some clickies. Um, there will not be an episode on the 11th of August. We will be back on the 18th. And it should be, it should be smooth sailing from there on in for the rest of uh, of the of the season through October 
So just going to get some writing and some sightseeing done while I'm here. And the weather is still so, 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 so lovely. Uh, yeah, I think that just about takes us on home. I don't really have any, any stories or anecdotes to add from last week. I've been having a wonderful time. I've been going out, uh, but I don't have anything new to add, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, I do hope you enjoyed the two pieces tonight, and I will see you on the 18th. Thank you, take care, and have a wonderful two weeks ahead of you.